0: So I'm sure you can tell from the title that uh, I turned 30 a couple of days ago, woke up, sat in the side of my bed, and thought, huh, I still feel youthful as fuck. And then I got up and tripped over my own tits. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Welcome to another season of Cut the Four Play Mail. <laughs> what? I can't believe we made it to season four. I really did not expect that. I'm not very good at long term commitments, and yet here we are. Um, uh, very exciting. Hello. Hello. My name is Nadia Favre. Nadia Favre. Nobody needs to say it like that because, yo, know, you don't want to have to hurt your esophagus each time you say my name. We'll just save that for a Saturday night together. Am I right? Am I <laughs> What I thought we would do today is that we would go birthday themed. And two things are very true on a birthday is that one, you get to do whatever the fuck you want. And I thought to myself, what is my favorite part of the podcast? And I love story time. I love badly reiterating a really eventful and intricate story to you. So I thought, hey, why not do it for the entire fucking episode? Like four solid stories and we're gonna dive in deep, get your tea, get your chai, get your chai, get your, chai, get your chai get your chai, get your snacks, cause we about to be in this. Number two, I realized that on birthdays, people are usually extremely honest and I had this epiphany where a big part of the premise of this show is the assumption that you and I have sexual tension. (laughs) I just realized that because there's no moment that goes by where I'm not talking to you, like I'm trying to seduce you very awkwardly. And um, I hope you're into it because I sure am. (laughs) The one that I thought we should start with is the one that perplexes me the most, yet I derive so much joy from it. I I just, I need you to go through it with me right this very second. Here we go. John and Darla Cocker is who I, wow, their name is Crocker, not Cocker. I don't know why I saw the word there. Let's start over. John and Darla Cocker, who dutifully abstained from sex during their 14-month courtship, have remained abstinent after marriage and plan to do so indefinitely. Da, da, da. I think I need to lay down. I think that's the end of the episode and I need to lay the fuck down. So full on, this couple courted each other for 14 months. That's a little bit over a year. And then they were like, hey, let's get married. And then they got married and they were like, "Uh, let's never fuck. (laughs) What? Yo, this is absolutely sending me. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, hold on. Sorry. Let me gather my, whoa, whoa, whoa. Darla says, if it was holy before, it must be double holy afterwards because that's how religion and life works. (laughs) Ah. Ah, Muslims during Ramadan just being like, you know what? If God wants me to fast from sunrise to sunset, then he definitely wants me to fast for two weeks straight and die. Because like, if it's hardcore, then it's like extra good. So, they have now successfully completed 25 months of marriage without any sexual contact, going about their normal lives, jobs, and social calendar with no hint of relational strain. Sometimes after dinner, they kiss and end up having, quote, bedroom thoughts. (laughs) Darla's killing me. Girl, you're killing me. But they never fail to pull back. Darla breaks away to spray cool misted water on her face. John eats a whole raw potato to take himself out of the mood. After... 25 months plus 14 months of courtship and not having sex, no raw potato or mist can get me out of the mood. They don't know when they'll fully break the pledge and they feel no pressure. After abstaining so long before marriage, a few extra years is nothing, according to Darla. It seems like Darla is the one who's really pushing it because John ain't saying shit. Oh, no, no, I lied. He's coming in hot. He's coming in hot. John says, quote, Of course, we don't lord it over any other couple who decides to have sex after marriage, but for us, it's about staying faithful to the abstinence message and the holiness involved with that. For us, true love waits, and waits and waits. (laughs) Oh, wow. And waits and waits and waits and waits until we wither and perish. Now, honestly, I've said some really fucked up shit on this podcast before, but nothing has ever made me feel this unsettled. We talked about a dude whose dick it turned black and fell off. We've talked about people shitting in each other's mouths. We've talked about fart sandwiches being consumed in a sexual nature. And this is the one that hurts me the most. Man, they have to be getting off some uh, somehow. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> Man, life is tough and sex is such a wonderful, accessible pleasure. Like, I can't even... I... I, I Nope, no words are coming out of my mouth. Let's let let's let's put that story behind us. I'm glad that you know about it now, and uh, we're in the same boat. No paddles. Now, the next story is 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 quite sad and heavy, but I have to keep updating you because we've been doing it since like 2013 XFM days, and I feel like we need to keep on keeping on just for tradition. I want to talk about R. Kelly for a second. If you're not caught up on this uh, story, well, let me just tell you. Homeboy is uh, facing 18 federal counts, including child pornography, kidnapping, and forced labor. And uh, if you want to know the full story, obviously, there is a six-part series called Surviving R. Kelly, and it is on Showmax. Ah, oh, shameless plug! You know, I gotta talk about my boo all the time. Uh, but for real, it's it's on there, and it's like 15 minutes each, and my buddy and I tried to watch it like a year ago, and we got through five episodes, and both of us turned to each other, we're like, we can't go on. It's like, there was a physical heaviness on my chest. The stories are absolutely wild, and it's such a web. It involves so many human beings, and it's tragic. Watch it, tweet me, it's not a favorite, and let me know what you thought of it. So if you're wondering what's happening with R. Kelly, currently. He's uh, awaiting trial for all the charges that I had mentioned, and he got assaulted by a fellow detainee at a correctional center in Chicago. So his lawyer Stephen Greenberg revealed in a tweet that he learned of the attack on his client recently, and he received conflicting information on the extent of R. Kelly's injuries. Quote, we have not been provided any information from the jail, nor has Mr. Kelly called. We are hopeful that he was not seriously injured. I mean, I'm also hoping that he's not seriously injured because that man needs to sit in jail for f***ing ever. Now, a spokesperson for the U.S. Federal Bureau of Prisons uh, citing privacy and safety reasons wouldn't confirm or deny Greenberg's report of the attack on Mr. Kelly. 53 years old Grammy winner also a man who's illiterate. These are all just really random facts about R. Kelly, but I think I think hey, this story really trips me out. And I'm gonna tell you with all sincerity, I had this uh, debate with someone more recently where they were like, but how do you pick and choose who you listen to and who you don't based on the things that they've done? Because then we shouldn't listen to Chris Brown or we shouldn't listen to Michael Jackson. And I actually don't, I don't listen to Michael Jackson. I don't listen to Chris Brown. I don't watch Kevin Spacey movies or shows. I stop watching or rewatching rather that 70s show, because Danny Masterson's uh, on there, and obviously, you know, the rape um, allegations and everything. And long story short, my reasoning is that personally, I don't want to put money in someone's pocket someone who's hurt someone else, someone who's intentionally hurt someone else and someone who could continue intentionally hurting someone else. And I mean, for a lot of people, that seems like I'm over the top and that's completely fine. You do you, I do me. And, you know, we go on with our lives. But I think R. Kelly is a specific case because he, if you watch Surviving R. Kelly, you will know that he had beds in his studio where he would sexually assault these like 12, 13 year old girls while recording his song. So when you think of like, I Believe I Can Fly, or like ignition remix and all the goodies while you're listening to it you are listening to a song that derives from someone else's pain and that really fucks me up big time and I don't think I can go about my daily life just being like haha that has given me joy nah. like nope no thank you F- fucking nope 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 and then this debate uh, spiraled into like what about this person what about that person what about this but I'm not here to be like the poster child for I'm a good person look at me I am self-righteous that's that's not What I mean, so like for instance, I still use Sony headphones, and I know that uh, Sony, the record label, kept Kesha under the same contract that forced her to work with the producer that sexually abused her for years. And I know that's completely wrong. Yet I still purchase those headphones because they make me, in my opinion, work better because they're superb. In in that sense, of course, I fall short in so many ways. But it's the same mentality as like if someone says, "Don't help out one homeless person." because there's so many other homeless people, so what you're doing doesn't really matter. That is not true. It absolutely does matter. For the things that I can manage to control, I try to, and I'm not perfect. Do you know what I mean? It's the same thing as being vegan. Like, yes, I am vegan. Yes, I'm trying to help the environment. Yes, I'm trying to not, you know, eat animals. Uh, but at the same time, I fly everywhere. I'm always on an airplane, and my carbon footprint in that sense must be high, but I'm reducing it by doing other things. You know, life is a delicate balance. I just don't want to listen to f- fucking pedophiles sue me (laughs) like it it can spiral into a whole bunch of things like do i watch american horror story which i love uh even though emma roberts is clearly abusive to her partners like she beats the shit out of her her boyfriends and that's atrocious to me but i really like sarah paulson and i really like the show and it scares me and i like that it scares me because i love horror movies like what do i do what do i do i don't know i don't have the answers Ah! I don't know! I don't know! I don't know anymore! I know what you must be thinking. What about Kevin Hart and his homophobic slurs? <laughs> homophobic slurs or not, that guy fucking blows. I would never watch anything by him, but I double extra don't watch anything by him because of the homophobic slurs. Just to reiterate, I don't fucking know what you should do. I have no fucking idea. 30 hasn't made me wiser. I'm just telling you things that are on my mind and heart. Cause you and I, we've come so far together. wait, 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 wait. Yes, Shania Twain. Still the one that I love the only one I dream. Of, the one I feel, good Still the one. Sidebar, did you know Shania Twain obviously was Canadian and she grew up pretty poor that people used to make fun of her for being dirty? <gasps> I think about that all the time and then I feel really sad. That bitch gave us some f- fucking bangers. Okay, let's move on to story number three. Where are we? Oh, man. (laughs) Okay, this one is really, this one really fucks me up big time. An extreme tattoo lover has spent 6,000 pounds. Pounds to have his ears removed so that his head looks like a skull. When we were kids, a lot of people said that Marilyn Manson took out one of his ribs so that he can suck his own dick. And like, I applaud that. I that's effort and A for effort and A for knowing what you want. Nobody can do it like you can, so that I understand. This one's got me baffled. Okay, Sandro is his name, and he's also known as Mr. Skullface. <laughs> a little on the nose there, on social media, insisted his transformed appearance made him feel more confident, even though others called him disturbed and sick. Oh, I appreciate that. The 39-year-old from, uh, oh God, I don't want to say, it's it's too, it's like, the 39-year-old from Germany now keeps the pair of lobes in a jar. Oh. <clears throat> That's nasty. Oh no, it's making my, my mouth water like I'm going to barf, hold on. Oh, oh no, not yet, hold on. Oh no, don't. I saw a picture, that's why. Okay, I'm fine. Now keeps the pair of lobes in a jar and is planning to have his eyeballs tattooed and the tip of his nose removed. God, I thought it was going to be the tip of something else. Sandro said he first became interested in the world of body modification in 2007 when he saw someone with spikes embedded in their head on TV. Over the past 13 years, Sandro has had 17 body modifications, including tongue splitting surgery and a contactless payment chip embedded in his wrist. My God. That's wild. I could just picture him like montage shopping, like in Legally Blonde, just swiping his wrist. Da, da, da with no ears. He also underwent operations to insert implants in his forehead, forearm, and hand. Sandra believes that his appearance has made it difficult for him to find a job or a relationship, but has also boosted his confidence. He said friends have tried to talk him out of the modification, especially when it comes to cutting off his ears, but I'm just a person who likes to go his own way. Yeah, I can tell. Don't ears help you, like, balance because they help you with depth perception, right? Because they're little noise funnels. So he essentially says that he did a lot of research and he gives the solid advice of, quote, above all, never do something just because you want to be more blatant or cool with it. It has to come from the heart and be for yourself. Sandro, Sandro, you motherfucking said it there. Maybe you can't find a job because you should be a motivational speaker. I felt it. These stories are just killing me today. Imagine Mr. McDonald over there had his dick fall off and this guy's cutting things off on purpose oh but to be fair also they're his body parts too cut off it's his choice i think i should probably have a guest on the show because it seems like i'm debating with myself today <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of tatties, let me tell you about my new best friend, a 103 year old woman who had a bucket list. After months of uh, living in a nursing home, Dorothy was discharged and the first thing that she did was get a tatty. She wanted it since she was a kid and she went under the needle and got a little frog on her arm and I'm dying. She looks like a (laughs) f***ing badass. Next thing she did was ride a motorcycle and there's a picture and I wish there was a visual show so I could show it to you, but it's just her fucking with her frog tatty at the back of a bike with some dude wearing a bunch of leather. Yo, I would fuck with her major. She seems like a good time. Okay, keeping to the theme of both honesty and story time, I'm gonna tell you a story straight from my soul. Uh, I, to be honest, it's it's, it's a story that I, often, I don't think about often because it's so absurd and it's so out of character for me. And uh, I decided today is the day that I tell you this story and I hope you're ready. I'm gonna give you like 10 seconds to go pee, get a snack, do whatever it is that you need to do. Or you could just pause it. I think that makes more sense. Yeah, just pause it. Okay, you're back. (sighs) Kind of nervous. A long time ago, I came back to Mombasa because uh, my cousin was getting married and he is half Swiss and he's marrying a British woman, and she has no idea about uh, Kenyan culture, coastal Swahili culture. My family was like, the person who would be the best um, to help her assimilate and adapt is obviously Nadia. So uh, Anna and I head off to get her henna done, and it's uh, in the Vito Toro of Mombasa, like deep in there, the places that I don't really know because I grew up here (laughs) In Yali. So we're walking down the, the small road and I, I'm fully dressed, you know, like not here to show off my legs, nothing. So you can't try to be regressive and be like, well, you shouldn't have it. No, I was covered up, covered up because, you know, otherwise if you don't in those Vito Toros, people are like, shame, shame, like in Game of Thrones. We're walking down that street and then things kind of, something just happens. Things kind of slow down for me because all I feel is like a tap on my ass. And it was fucking slow-mo. Like I turned around and I saw nothing. And then I looked down and it was a 15 year old boy that smacked my ass. Now, (laughs) if you know anything about me is that I am very boisterous presenting, but like I spend a majority of my day like meditating and being Zen and aligning my chakras and trying to be good to to myself and other people. But like something fucking happened, dog. (laughs) I looked this chubby motherfucker right in his face and was like you better f- fucking run and he just went ah! <laughs> so this kid is running legging it and my adorable in-law is just standing there and everything disappears the only thing i see is rage apparently in my mind i've told him to run because i was like i want to give you a head start So my body starts moving and I'm just blacking out, chasing this child across Mombasa. Girl, I run like 25k a week. Of course I was going to reach this fat kid. So I get there and I, he's still running and I slap the shit out of him. Like, I don't know how it happened, but he's in front of me and my hand goes all the way back, like pulling, like a rubber band and just right in his ear, this boy, (laughs) have you ever seen someone get slapped and almost faint like the knees buckle and they just kind of like their body goes horizontal like just and then into a wall I, I like full on he must be deaf in one ear like I I did I, did, I had to do it I, I mean I I don't know what to say so he continued to run away and then uh, Anna and I I didn't say a word she was just like we were both kind of like silent and I took her to get her henna done oh I am not for physical violence. And this is essentially a story where I'm like, I hit a kid, but like you should have seen his smug fucking face when he, uh, without consent, touched my body. Man, and that uh, that is a story I would like to leave in my 20s and never experience again, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Woo, black outrageous, hello real. I hope you enjoyed that. My cheeks hurt from smiling because I feel so awkward. Now to conclude this episode, I thought that I would throw in this little montage because I was quite fearful of turning 30. I was scared that like the leniency that I afford myself in my 20s would not bleed into my 30s. And um, lucky for me, I have a lot of wonderful people in their 30s that I love and trust that are willing to give me advice. You might recognize some of the voices, some of them might be strangers, but if you're in a similar situation, take the words of wisdom and run away with them. Cue montage. Hello, Nadia. Hey, Nadia. Hi, Nadia. It's Sarah. Hey, Nadia. Hello, Nadia. Nadia, Nadia, Nadia. It's Anna. Dear Nadia. So I know you're turning 30. Just wanted to uh, drop happy birthday wishes as you hit the big 3-0. You beautiful birthday queen. Welcome to your 30s. And you are finally in your 30s. So you're turning 30 and you're looking for a bit of advice. So I wanted to give you some advice. So Christine and I spoke about this yesterday. I think that I could give you some advice that could work maybe. Let's see. So, here is some advice that I think I can give you. I feel I am well qualified to offer you the following advice. Let's start with the serious stuff. Do not lose your humanity. Without a conscience, a good conscience, nothing really matters. Creating boundaries and it doesn't matter who Therefore, regardless of whether it's family or friends or lovers, let people know that they can no longer do this or say this. Is happiness is not something that you plan for, it's something that you practice. Make peace with yourself. Accept the things that are not going to be and accept the things that are. Believe in yourself and make sure you're human to everybody. I think you will be just fine. There has been a significant shift in my body and how it operates. The moment you turn 30, foods that were previously balmed to your body will inexplicably become furiously intolerable. You'll also begin to realize you're too old for some things, like clubbing. Our joints have been our best friends so far nary a creek or a crack in sight all that is about to change i'm one year ahead of you and things are looking bad never used to make a sound when i used to get off a couch now i get off a couch and i'll be like Oy, ah, don't let anyone make fun of you for however many skincare products you have on your sink or how many weird ass habits you picked up uh to do by your lonesome with your cats and now that i'm actually 30 i don't give a shoot about what other people think and i I think that's like the most wonderful thing about getting older. Don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks. Not like I need to tell you that, and I think it's the reason that we're friends. Don't lose that inner child. Always be you. Always keep doing you, because how you express yourself is an inspiration to many. Yeah, and it's just been such a pleasure watching you grow. And I fucking love when you use those fucking dolphin sounds on every. episode you have. My dearest child, uh, it's great to see you at 30. I think you will be just fine. Love you so much. And I can't, can't wait to celebrate all your birthdays with you. But I love you. And I think you're going to be great at this 30s thing. Good luck, kiddo. Good luck turning 30, girl. Love you so much. I love you, Nadia. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Lots of love. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you happy birthday dear Nadia happy birthday to you